Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is a show that we do uh, because we love each other. Yes. This is what, this is, this show is the glue that is holding this family together. <laughs> I would say that you can love each other and not have a show. No, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you learn about that at podcast college where I went, uh-huh, where I matriculated uh-huh. at podcast college. They said, um, you know, this when road. When you fall in love. What, well, no, the podcast comes first. The, they're like, you know, this podcast has to be your partner, your lover, your mm. your um, guardian, uh, your protector, your warrior. Um, so if you ever fall in love, the podcast has to be the glue that holds the family together. Wow. Yeah, I know. Like, there's so many things I love about you and our beautiful children, and you guys make my life complete. Um, but, the, you know, it's the glue. You okay. Know? So please keep listening. That's those little... are the, those are the stakes, listener. Yeah. Keep listening. Keep <laughs> doing it. <laughs> so if I ever turn to you and say, "I don't know that I can do this show anymore," you're going to interpret. That. I can't even joke about this. Okay. <laughs> I can't even joke about this. I would okay. end this show today if you're like, "It's me or the show." There's a lot of like hypothetical situations <laughs> I'm floating right now that yeah. are big bummers, and yeah. so I'd like I'd like to stop. Okay. Do you have any small wonders, little guys? Little wonders. Yeah, just little guys. Do you have one? I'm going to say the shootout in hockey. I know we've talked about hockey a great deal, but today I'd like to really zoom in on the shootout. Yeah. In hockey, if the score is tied at the end of the third period, they do overtime, which is just three on three. Well, I guess the goalie. But three on three hockey, which is pretty boring. But if you can stomach five minutes of that, you get to the shootout, which is thrilling. Yeah. It's just each team takes turns sending one person against one goalie. And I told Griffin last night that I only like it when it turns out positively for yeah, us. Yeah, when the Blues win, it, it's, it's so exciting. Because it just reduces an entire game to just like a couple shots on goal. Yeah. Uh, and that's a little devastating if you don't if come you don't out on top. If you don't win it. But <laughs> yeah. if you have a very good goalie, like the Blues have yeah. several of, uh, it's so fun. It's yeah. so exciting and fun. And uh, yeah, the Blues won a game last night with a shootout victory. So maybe that's why. It's front of mind, but I just like the shootout. I wish every sport did it. I feel like there shouldn't be overtime in football. There should just each kicker sees how long they can kick it. And then that's the, that's it. That's the end. <laughs> and at, in baseball, they just do a quick home run derby. Like there's wow. so many ways to juice these things, you I know? know? That's true. Okay. With NASCAR, they just play a game of chicken. Nah, that's they used to, and I've told you this before, but they used to not do the shootout. The shootout is a new thing. They used to just, just play a full. It? No, they play a full additional period, and they would continue to Holy like like shit. like they do in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like they continue to play twenty minutes until I re- somebody wins. I remember our local team, the Huntington Blizzard, which I don't even remember like what minor, minor, minor league they were a part of. Uh, we would go to like a lot of their games and one time we were there when I was just a little kid and they went into overtime and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's more hockey? There's more. Okay, do you have a small wonder now? I do. I wanted to give a shout out to Only Murders in the Building. Yes. We have not finished it yet, so. No, we have not. Please, no spoilies. Well, and caveat, you know, maybe by the last episode we'll be like, that was garbage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we are really enjoying it. Um, I think I, it's so charming, uh, and it's kind of unlike a lot of shows you'll see today. Uh, it's got Martin Short and Steve Martin and Selena Gomez, among other people. Yeah. Uh 
And it's just, I don't know, it's just really charming. We were talking about, actually, right before we recorded Besties, right before this, about that show, uh, because, of course, Chris and Russ live in New York and have some thoughts about the sort of co-op apartment experience. Okay. Um, But we also talked about how, like, smart and refreshing it is that this is a show with two old dudes and one young woman, and the whole show isn't about that in, like, a uh, yeah. a very sort of stereotypical way. Yeah. Whenever they are sort of out of their depth in how to communicate with a much younger person, it doesn't come from that like traditional like, ugh, kids these days place. Yeah. It comes from like they are embarrassed that they don't like know how to text correctly yeah exactly but it's not it's not like a look at these dumb old yeah like a a robert de niro and hathaway like i don't know how to use twitter it's Uh, so (laughs) endearing and so charming and it doesn't go the other way of like kids can't kids don't know how to do it these days it's it is it's sweet like it's a kind of sweet show that is also about a murder and it's also a lot about podcasts so of course well yeah and it's and it's like three somewhat lonely people and they're kind of like an odd mix uh and so you're learning a little bit about them but you're also kind of chasing this murder mystery and a genuinely tear-jerking performance from martin short at times which is fucking weird for me i don't know that i've ever seen him in a role like that steve martin is also they're all incredible like selena gomez is i can't imagine anybody else playing that role and i've never seen like uh steve martin play like the straight man before which is very much what he does on this show it's it's fantastic it's on hulu uh and it's it's really good Although, is he kind of the straight man? See, I don't know that I've seen planes, trains, and automobiles in a while, but I feel like he's kind of the straight yeah, man in that that's, one. Yeah, I mean, when you're against John Candy, it's like yeah. you don't have an option. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, you go first this week. Okay. My wonderful thing this week is electives. Ele- like in school? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Do they do them? I guess they do them in college, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, the, at Marshall University, there was a thing called the Marshall Plan that you had to fulfill. Uh-huh. Uh, and by the time I was going there, it was pretty rigorous. It was like you had to take uh, four different earth sciences classes and four different foreign language classes. But you classes. didn't have any wiggle room? Not really. Not if I wanted to graduate in, in wow. you know, four years. That's that's unfortunate. Like, I remember I, so my roommate freshman year was pursuing accounting and she basically had all of her classes mapped out for her for the entire time that she was in college pretty much same same here um and that was not my experience i mean i was an english major you know so like i will say by the time i got to my senior year of college i could pretty much take it a little bit easier like i was i did not have as many hours per week but well and you probably you had some college credit entering right I had a little bit of college because I know by my senior year, like I didn't have to take a full load just because I had came in with some. Uh, yeah, it helped a little bit, but yeah. uh, also by my senior year of college, I was also working full time for Joystick, so like I didn't. Oh yeah, I didn't have a lot of time to go and you know learn about the you know flamenco guitar or whatever. Yeah. For me, elective started in middle school, and I think that's true for a lot of kids. Yeah. It's the first time where you choose. Like, you you say, like, oh, I have some things I can choose. And that was always really exciting to me is you get a little course catalog kind of thing, and you'd be like, do I want to take a theater class? Do I want to take an art class? We didn't get that in middle school. In middle school, all you had was, do you want to do choir or band for your music credit? Which I may not even be a thing that's asked of middle schoolers anymore. We did, we did have to choose between the two. Yeah. I remember that in middle school. Like, are you going to do band or choir for whatever reason. I picked choir for some dumb reason. <laughs> so mad at my earlier self. Well, I mean, did you, I always felt like the people that did choir were actually better singers though. 
Like, I feel yeah, like it but actually I helped. Think, yeah, but, like, I, I would trade that for, like, being able to play, you know, some Chicago tunes on a <laughs> cornet or whatever. <laughs> cornet. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think also in high school, that's when I started doing stuff like uh, child development. I actually had a really kind of a sweet deal. And I don't really know why I got it, but my child development teacher, instead of making me attend class, would send me to the nearby preschool and I would help in out. Mid- in middle school? No, high school. Okay, I was going to say, that's bonkers. No, I'm talking about high school now. Uh, yeah, so I'd walk down the street and then I would come back like once a week and she'd be like, oh, you, we, we talked about babies. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I feel like high school is really, you know, like home economics is another thing, which I know that you have a fraught relationship with. It's just, I don't, I straight up, I don't think I had a very good head home economics yeah, class or fair. teacher because like that stuff is obviously hugely important and I'm always vouching for practical like education, especially yeah. starting in middle school. Yeah. And I just did not. Mine was like, here's how to sew a bag that will hold your grocery bags. And it's like... <laughs> How do, I, do? how do I write a check? Please, God, I'm dying out here. Did you do cooking? Yeah, I did two two cooking classes in high school, I think. Oh, it was separate from home economics? Yeah, I didn't take any home ec classes in high school. Oh, I don't okay. think there was a home ec class in my high school. I think they had separated it out at that point. Um, I also did newspaper. Yeah. Um, and we had to, if we were going to do newspaper, you had to take a keyboarding class, mm. uh, which was that's great, very that's, smart. That's great that they made you do that. Very smart. And I don't know if kids still, I have to assume that they still do it. I, I don't know. I just, I know that um, a lot of people told me like that is going to be one of the most valuable skills. And it absolutely was. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a hard thing to kind of dedicate time to on your own. Yeah. Um, Ours, my main elective in high school was the the like TV uh, production, yeah, like journalism yeah. class that I actually invented two like classes for. It was only supposed to be like <laughs> uh, TV media production one and two. And then I was like, can I do it again? And they're like, sure. Uh, it's TV production three. And the next, <laughs> my like senior year, I was like, one more, one more round? And they're like, okay, uh, TV media production four. What was it about it that you liked so much? It was just, um, I mean, we didn't do real news. We just basically made dumb videos that they would uh-huh. string together and air in school like every Friday. So it was fun being like recognized for, for doing that stuff. But also like, I love fucking around in Adobe Premiere. And that's all, yeah. that, all that class was. was Have just, you thought about how like <laughs> indicative that was of your future? Absolutely, I did. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, was, it, sh- it yeah. shaped me in a huge, huge way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why I wanted to talk about electives because I think there's a real focus on core curriculum. Uh, I mean, a lot because of standardized testing uh, and funding cuts, you know, things like electives aren't seen as essential to, you know, complete high school and get into college or complete college and, and get a career, but they can really inform kind of where your passion ends up. Uh, and I did a little, a little research on, you know, the, the power of electives. A lot of what I found is about music performance and music appreciation. Um, this idea that if you learn an instrument, um, and this is, uh, SAT data indicates that students that uh, have experienced music performance and music appreciation score higher on the SAT, 
uh, and specifically uh, higher on verbal and math um, and uh, students with no art participation, like don't see that, that gain, uh, which is kind of fascinating. I mean, I, I, electives are traditionally viewed as this like easier class, you know, like it's, it's not calculus, like you can go and, you know, you can make a cake and get an A, you know, but I think a lot of the skills you practice in those courses can benefit you in, in a lot of other ways. And it's not only that, I feel like every class in your, you know, school day doesn't have to be fucking hard. Like that's a, that's active. Listen to yourself. Say that, please. If you're thinking that way, because it's, it's not a good idea. Having an elective that is either easier to give you a break during the day so you can like actually focus on the more boring traditional educational stuff is one thing. But also just being passionate about something that you do at school, I think, makes you more passionate about the school day in general, which like I got great grades in high school and terrible grades in college. And <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of electives in one of those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I will also say in regards to music education, the World Music Central and the Texas Commission on Drug and Alcohol Abuse said that secondary students who participated in band or orchestra reported the lowest lifetime in current use of substances, which it's hard to say what came first there, you know? Yeah, well, I think that <laughs> Like, people... are kids that choose band predisposed to to stay away from risky behaviors? <laughs> I mean, Because uh, choir... as a band student, I would say, yeah, probably. <laughs> choir kids were very much the same. Like, if you... Nobody's, like, toking up in chamber choir, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there are no... None of those kids there. I will say, though... There's another funnel called the theater kid route that will, I, I think, lead more toward <laughs> that sort of behavior. But that may be a, apocryphal. Uh, so um, the other thing I want to talk about is that it, studies that show that students are more likely to get a degree or major in a course that they took as an elective. Uh, so for me, like I, I took art history as an elective and then I was like, oh, I guess that's going to be my minor. Uh, it was almost actually a second major for me, but then I got lazy my senior year because <laughs> I had a professor approach me and say, you know, if you just took four more classes your senior year, you could also be a major. And I was like, ooh, four. Uh, <laughs> and so I didn't do it. But what I, was your what was your major in high school? Did you have to declare a major? No, not in oh, high okay. school. No, I, is that a thing now? Yeah, we did. What was what was your major in high school? Uh, I mean, it was journalism with a minor in theater. So that's a good, well-rounded, <laughs> well-rounded experience. Yeah, I saw a lot about like public speaking as an elective and how valuable that can be yeah. just for anybody. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, you know, and then like in college, for example, I took a creative writing class uh, and then it so happened that English majors, you could do a creative writing emphasis. And so that's what I ended up doing after yeah. taking one. So yeah, I just... I feel like it's it's really powerful. A lot of budget cuts will cut elective courses because they can cost more just based on, you know, the equipment and supplies that you need and the expertise you need to bring in. Um, but, but it's that is in comparison to the average public school budget, which is already too too low. Like, yes, of course, it is cheaper to do that than to teach a history class with books from 1978. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah, if, if your math class only requires a textbook, yeah, there, right. is, there is a huge cost savings there. But then they're budgeting for, for music class and they're like, you need how many tambourines? <laughs> this is why, by the way, it's not anything I thought about, but this is why a lot of public school districts now have foundations yeah, so that they can apply for grants to support these kind of programs. Sure. 
uh, which is both good and also a sad state of affairs. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it, instead of just focusing on like, you know, art class or, or music class, I wanted to talk about just that power of choice, that ability as a kid to say like, oh, I want to take this, you know, and then to like kind of pursue your interest based on that and then develop enthusiasm for school just because, you know, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, you get to do yearbook and right. you love yearbook. Yeah. You know? Uh, so yeah, electives. They're great. I would be curious to hear like the the modern experience of like electives or, you know, not electives not being offered from like a younger person's because I know yeah. it's I know it's changed in ways that are unthinkable to me as somebody who graduated high school in 2005. Yeah. Uh, which still doesn't seem like that long ago. But damn, that's 16 years. But mm -hmm. that's quite a while. Yeah. Can I steal you away? Please. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis -vis, um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain Got a couple bumper boats here, and I would love to read this first one because it is for Kelsey, and it's from Maggie, who says, Happy late Kelstimber, Ringo. 
I'm so lucky to have shared a bunk bed and a brain with you. You're an amazing big sister and the only person who could have convinced me to watch Trolls 2, my first dip into this wonderful McElroy world. I'll always feed you donuts when your nails are wet and drive six hours when you need some company. Love, Ringo. A sweet message. This is why I always wanted a sibling. Yeah, I mean, this is what it's like. Yeah, I mean, you had the bunk bed. Sure, and whenever Travis painted his nails, I would feed him donuts. (laughs) One quick note, though, it is called Trolls World Tour, and that is something we've learned they are quite, quite serious about. You think they're listening to this bumper boat right now? I have to be incredibly careful. DreamWorks' eyes and ears are everywhere. Can I read the next one? Yes. It is for Jordan. It is from Ash. The message is. Yeah, a lot of build up to this one. (laughs) You and Greg are finally newlyweds and starting your married life together. Congratulations and thank you for being the single greatest human on the planet. I cherish every moment we have together and can't wait for this new journey. Thank you for being the definition of a platonic soulmate. And here's to being y'all's third wheel forever. Love, Ash. Really sweet message, but God, I love a Greg. Man, I love it. I think I've probably talked about this on one of our shows before, but I love a Greg. Just like you meet somebody with the name Greg and they're universally fantastic. I'm like, like, okay, Greg, I'm looking forward to what you bring to the table. Because there is a Greg precedent, a Greg super precedent that I I am very serious about also. Hi, it's me, Dave Hill, from Before, here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's Podcasting Incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great to... That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. I think we're going to have fun with my thing this week. Well, I'll be the judge of that. (laughs) (laughs) My thing this week... Is Party City, the store you go to <laughs> for party stuff. I had never been to a Party City until uh, very recently uh, because, like, uh, in looking for places to, like, take Henry for, like, uh-huh. a reward for, you know, doing well in school or, like, being helpful with the baby or stuff around the house, uh, on the weekends, you know, we'll take him somewhere, take him somewhere fun to, like, maybe get something for himself. And we have gone to Target so many fucking times. <laughs> yeah, he exclusively wants to go to Target. The brand loyalty with this kid is, is unbelievable. He, well, he loves Isaac Mizrahi and his many good things. Um, <laughs> Your references are Gun so to my dated. head, I couldn't tell you anything about Isaac Mizrahi or his many good things. Does he do clothes or f- he does like furniture stuff and like plates and bowls? I mean, he started shit. with fashion. Maybe he does bowls now. I don't know. I just imagine everything at Target it has his name on it somewhere. Party City, though, is... Like it's a wonderland. Can I ask you? Um, because my recent trip to Party City was Henry's Halloween costume. Yes, correct? Yes. Is that the location you went to yes. with him? Yes. It's okay. A I'd very never been there location. before. It is the biggest Party City I've ever seen. Uh, they're probably bigger. They are all sort of warehouse really sized. Yes, that is. I the wonder what I'm thinking of. But when I'm picturing like is much smaller. I was like overwhelmed by how many. 
how many party options I had at that location. That's what they do. It's a stunning sort of attack of overwhelming you so that you buy too many balloons or pinatas or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, if you've never been to a party city, maybe you're only familiar fr- with it from that great burn that somebody did on Drag Race that one time uh, saying like, go back to party city because somebody's thing was basic and they sell costumes anyway uh (laughs) it's a store that sells a bunch of stuff for parties the name of the store i encourage everyone at home to say it out loud because i think maybe we're inoculated to it but it's a store that is called party city and that's very good (laughs) you can't you can't deny that it's a very good name for so like so like if you were going to a knitting store and it was called yarn city no that's not even as good because the word yarn doesn't carry with it the sort of like payload that party does so so it conjures for you an idea that uh, a a location you could go to that is just just full of many different kinds of party opportunities yes uh so they have costumes so many costumes they have infinity balloons which is uh, actually they don't have i'll get into this later but they don't have as many balloons as they used to uh they have streamers they have paper plates with Fortnite guys on them they have spongebob squarepants themed pinatas they have little like 25 cent shitty toys that you can put in grab bags uh, of every stripe. They have uh, all candy that exists on the planet. They have in like big uh, variety bags. A lot of seasonal decor too. A lot of seasonal decor, a lot of uh, napkins and cups and streamers and shit with any sports team or league (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, you could imagine. They have like pool party toys. They have sprinklers with those wacky hoses on them that wiggle all over the place. (laughs) Just everything. Uh, and I, I enjoy taking Henry to birthday parties just to see like what kind of heat the parents are bringing from the decoration side of things. Like, oh, damn, there's a lot of Lightning McQueen in this in this uh, trampoline yeah. stunt room right now. Yeah, stuff like that you wouldn't think about at, at an adult party. Like, oh, my napkins have to match my plate, which has to match the tablecloth, right. which has to match the centerpiece. This is not anything I think about until Party City. Or if you're very rich, because they do work. And that's what's oh. so fun is there's a gamut, right? There's I'm a little kid who loves dinosaurs. So everything in my whole party is going to be dinosaur-based. And then here's us in our 30s who are like, come on over, we made dip. And then (laughs) later on, or fancier, there's people who are like, "Mm, this centerpiece is not quite centered. Like, that's on the (laughs) other side. So kids and very fancy people are on the same side of things. Uh, And I love that. I love the nostalgia factor, too. Because I remember going to parties that had like, Power Rangers matching like table settings and uh, and decor and uh, or like uh, Jurassic Park was such a huge thing because that came out when I was like in elementary school or maybe early middle school. And so like I went to several Jurassic Park themed parties. And if you're at one of those parties and you see gift bags to take home, it's like <laughs> this is the best. If they have an actual pinata filled with candy, it's like, yes, it's happening. One time I did a pinata at the gym factory, which was like our big trampoline place that they did on a trampoline. And it was the most (laughs) visceral. Like once that, once the candy came out and there were like 40 kids on a big trampoline. (laughs) Can you imagine? I was thinking about the, the leverage you could get by jumping and then swinging a bat. Or being one of the bigger kids at that party. And all you do is sort of sit down (laughs) and let your sort of, you know, gravitational force that forms on the trampoline just like collect everything and then you lie down on top of it like a goalie until all the other kids go away pro technique 
absolutely. <laughs> um, it's just it's it's an exciting place to be for those for those very reasons. <laughs> because even if you're not thinking about a kid's birthday party that you got coming up, it's hard not to think about that stuff when you walk down an aisle. That is just that stuff. I know, and that's exciting. We should we should uh, just an aside. This is not sponsored content. No, of course not. <laughs> This is Griffin's genuine love for the establishment Party City. Although if Party City wanted to get at us yeah. and do a sponsorship, I don't know. I would have to maybe do a little bit more vetting on that. <laughs> uh, so Party City was opened in 1986 in New Jersey by a guy named Steve Mandel, who had what I would call a pretty self-evident idea, where he looked around and he's like, there's some small stores like here and there in specific parts of the country that yeah. are selling party supplies. So I'm just going to go ahead and make a big one. And he made a big one. And everybody in New Jersey was like, oh, yeah. And they started going there. And within yeah. a year, he was like franchising it out across well, the country. Well, that's like to like the the real rise of like merchandising. So like people wanted to have Star Wars parties, yeah. you know, and a location where you could go get like an entire like floor to ceiling Star Wars. Which, of course, is like not great for the mom and pop shops who are like offering, you know, uh, specific party supplies, but it's it it, it was an unaddressed sort of yeah. market, and so like yeah, Steve Steve Mandel capitalized on it. Uh, in 1987, he was like, hey, also there's not a great like one in all Halloween store. So from that point, he decided that every uh, store would have would dedicate a quarter of its like real estate to costumes and other I Halloween. Did not stuff. know that was a thing. Yeah. I really thought like you just. You had to go to a Halloween-specific store if yeah. you wanted a costume. Well, there are also some Halloween cities, which I don't know too much about, but I imagine maybe the ratio is a little bit different at Halloween. But every party city, 25% of it is dedicated to wow. Halloween stuff. And they run their Hallow- their costume like sales with a, a sort of militaristic efficiency that I really oh, appreciate. Oh, my gosh. Can I talk about that? Yeah. So we found, uh, I was looking around trying to find Henry a Jack Skellington costume because that's what he decided he wanted to be, and I saw that Party City had it. So we go, and it's like one of those T-shirt shops where they have a bunch of pictures on the wall, and you're like, A26, and then you go to an attendant, and the attendant enters A26 into a computer and then hands you a slip. And then you take that slip and you go to another attendant who then goes back into the warehouse and then brings your costume to the front of the store so that when you check out, it is there waiting for you. Which sounds like a lot of work, but also we went there the weekend before Halloween to get this costume. Yeah. And we were in and out of the store in like two and a half minutes. That's very it was true. Pretty yeah. wild. Um, another thing that is sort of admirable about Party City is that they don't miss a trick ever in the 90s they started to like start getting licenses for stuff and to this day like if any ip any ip becomes successful they immediately start licensing with them case in point (laughs) uh, i took henry there in like early or mid-september and they had a bunch of squid game costumes like already they had squid game costumes which was like this show did not come out that long ago uh also like they have long-standing relationships with like Hasbro and Nickelodeon, uh, and like the NFL and Major League Baseball, like any sports league, any sports team, like they are working with. Um, it is also anecdotally a wild thing for a store to specialize in, which leads to complications sometimes. This is the most buckwild part of this. Since 2006, apparently we have been in a global helium shortage, which happens from time to time, even though it's the second most abundant resource in the universe. It's it's been that we've been in a shortage since 2006, and it got so bad in 2019 that it affected 
it hugely affected the store's bottom line, and they had to like close 45 shops because they didn't have enough helium to fill up their balloons with. That's one of the wilder reasons for a downturn of a store that I can think of. Uh, one thing I actually forgot to mention about their sort of opportunistic side is Toys R Us closed in 2018, and shortly thereafter, they had opened 50 pop-up shops across the country called, uh, called Toy City. That just ran through the holidays. That's brilliant. They don't miss it. I'm telling you, um, it's, it's just novel. It's a novel. It's a novel establishment f- for me, and it's great to take Henry there because it's not like we go to Target and he's like, "Oh, I want this this uh, you know um, puppy dog pals toy that I'm going to play with for like a minute." It's like here's a Riddler costume with a cane, and then he played with that. He wore that and like cosplayed as Riddler for like the whole summer, which is and that was so good. It by was the way. so good. So yeah, it's weird to like really celebrate this like <laughs> enterprising sort of monolith of a business, but it's it is. Uh, I don't know. It's just so wild to me that there's come to the party store. We do parties here uh-huh. and balloons. Do you need balloons? We have a thousand billion trillion of them. Come get your balloons. No, I think I've always kind of liked like party decor yeah. in general. And it is fun to know that there's like a place I can go and just kind of peruse. Yeah, it's a good place to peruse. Hey, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Uh, you can find other great shows on the network that we know you're going to love. Um, shows like Judge John Hodgman or... Uh, maximum film. I was just about to say maximum film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a crossover with in in during the um, maximum block party. Hey, Rachel reminded me of this a while ago. Uh, we have not been sharing our email through which you can send wonderful your your own wonderful yeah, submissions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we would like to you know do. We were talking about doing an episode about just wonderful submissions from our friends at home, but we don't get them anymore. We just get a bunch of yeah, spam. And we our... did stop talking about that. Yes. So we have an email address that you can send uh, your wonderful submissions to. Uh, that email address is wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't hesitate. Send it in. I don't know when we are going to be doing this episode. but Yeah. And, and we're looking, just as a reminder, we're looking for like two to three sentences. Yes. Like a lot of people are are, are noticing something on a walk and, and, and sending that, and that's perfect. Yeah. Just send that in. If you send in like a bunch of paragraphs, like, well, you know, that's nice, but that's yeah. too much for us to share. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that's it. Thank you all for listening. Uh, oh, we do, if you like Adventure Zone, we just put out uh, the first episode yeah. of a miniseries. Uh, that we're doing with Abria Iyengar uh, called The Adventure Zone Imbalance uh, that you can find on the McElroy Family YouTube channel. So if you like Taz, you'll like that, I bet. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. And, thank you. And thank No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, didn't talk about your overalls, uh, unfortunately. Oh, they're nice. They're really nice. They're like yellow. Um, I found these like sweatpants material overalls yeah. so it's not heavy like denim and you know can really give me the space i need to do my kicks and my stretches yeah and it's i don't know if this is gonna come off as offensive because i mean it in like the best imaginable okay. way <laughs> but you look like a very 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 sexy lady wario uh, <laughs> you know what they had red and i thought well i can't get red or green for that matter because i don't want to look like a mario brother yeah uh so well, wario thought- is like a mario cousin so I thought, oh, I could get yellow. Yeah. And I'll be safe then. Yeah. But baby, it's looking good. I have no complaints here. But what did you say? I already forgot what you told me I looked like. 
You look like a very, very sexy lady, Wario. Lady Wario. Does Wario wear the yellow? Yeah. I didn't know. It's okay. You could have gone with purple and been in Waluigi territory, and then we would have been in real trouble. Gosh, there's so many. There's so many Waz. (laughs) There's just so many Mario-related characters. Yeah. You could pull off any of those looks. (laughs) Thank you. Could could be Toad with just a vest and a diaper. (laughs) No. You've activated me. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.